Hey, well, happy New Year's, guys. It's a new year, 2017. 2016 is gone. Man, and I hope you guys had a great Christmas. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. You ate a lot of ham and pernil and all that stuff. And you came back, and I hope you had a good time. You know, my kids got tons of gifts, right, guys? They got so many gifts. They are so spoiled by all their aunts and grandparents and everything. And they received tons of toys. They really are spoiled. But, man, we had a great and a very restful Christmas this year. And we got to rest a lot, and that was great. Now, I want you guys to think back for a moment, okay? How was 2016 for you? Right? How was, how was 2016 for you? Think about it for just a moment. And as you think back, I'm pretty sure that you're going to remember some amazing moments. You're going to remember, you're going to think back to times of a lot of joy and a lot of laughter. And you're going to think about, you know, a lot of those, think back to those firsts, a lot of those firsts that happened during the year. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that as you think back throughout 2016, you're also going to remember some of those times that weren't so joyous, right? You're going to think about some of those times where you think back to some of those difficult times in the year. You're going to think to some of those hardships, those trying moments. You're going to remember those moments where there was tear shed, right? You're going to remember those moments where there was heartbreak. And so no matter wherever, wherever however your year was, you're going to remember some of those moments throughout the year. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can be a total Eeyore sometimes. You guys remember Eeyore from the show Winnie the Pooh? That's like, that's, if you were to draw me as a cartoon character, that's pretty much me, I think. You know, Eeyore was the donkey that always lost his tail, and he was always depressed and sad. And Winnie the Pooh would come, how are you? Well, you know, lost my tail again. You know, he's always sad. It's like, it's like it's always raining, like when you talk to him. You know, he's, that's his character. He always has negative thoughts and words. But the truth is, I can really relate to this guy right here. He's like, he's like my brother from another mother. And I really relate to Eeyore a lot of times because I have a lot of negative thoughts and words. And, and, and anyone that knows me well enough, right, you just ask around. And they know me well enough, they're going to tell you, yeah, he's definitely an Eeyore. And I tend to lean more towards a pessimistic side a lot of times. And it's why I want to bring this message today. The message is called Words to Live By. And, and because of this, if, if anything, maybe it's a message for me and for nobody here. It's just for me. But it's a message that I wanted to bring. And, and because, you know, these, these negative thoughts can really have an impact on our lives. And I want to make sure that we start 2017 with the right words and thoughts, okay? We want to have the right words and thoughts to bring in 2017. Our thoughts and our words, they really matter. They really, really matter. On Christmas Eve, we spoke about some of the labels we wear, right? You guys remember, Barrios came up here and I was like slapping labels on him, on his forehead, on his back. He said, hey, you're stupid, you're dumb, boom, boom, boom. And I was putting all these labels on him. We talked about those words and how those words and those labels, that are, that are they can really hurt us and really create a negative impact on us. And that's why today, this is what I want to talk about. And in fact, if you're taking notes, would you guys take out your notes? It looks something like this. This is for you to write on. If you flip it over, it has today's verses and it has a fill in the blank there at the top. And this is what I would love for you to write down. This, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now this week, I, I, I know this is crazy, you're not going to believe me, but I saw Hunchback of Notre Dame for the first time, ever. You guys seen, how many of you guys seen that movie, Hunchback of Notre Dame? It's the first time I've ever seen it, um, and, it and it actually, man, it, 
I was super moved by the movie, actually. And I found some of the themes of what we're talking about today in the movie. And it was, it was extremely relevant to our discussion today. Because you guys know the main character, what's his name? Quasimodo, right? He's the hunchback of Notre Dame. And he's, and he's ugly. And he's hidden high up in the tower of a church, and of a sanctuary. And he's hidden up there so that nobody can see him. And Quasimodo, he experienced some words and thoughts that moved his life in a lonely and depressing direction. If we're talking about our thoughts and that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, his thoughts were extremely negative. So I, I thought I want to bring you guys a clip just so you guys can check it out. In case you didn't see the movie or it's a jogging memory, check it out. The world is cruel. The world is wicked. It's I alone whom you can trust in this whole city. I am your only friend. I who keep you, teach you, feed you, dress you. I who look upon you without fear. How can I protect you, boy, unless you always stay in here, away in here? Remember what I've taught you, Quasimodo. You are deformed. I am deformed. And you are ugly. And I am ugly. And these are crimes for which the world shows little pity. You do not comprehend. You are my one defender. Out there they'll revile you as a monster. I am a monster. Out there they will hate and scorn and jeer. Only a monster. Why invite their calumny and consternation? Stay in here. Be faithful I'm to faithful. me. Grateful I'm grateful to me. Do as I say. Obey and I'll stay in here. You are good to me, Master. I'm sorry. You are forgiven. But remember, Quasimodo, this is your sanctuary. My sanctuary. Uh, how many of you want to keep watching the movie, right? It's pretty, it's great. But isn't it, man, if our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, right? Then you can see where the words and thoughts took Quasimodo. See, the, what were the words that he said? You are deformed. You are ugly. And there's not only his words that he told him, this is what you are, he believed them. I am ugly. I am deformed. And he internalized these words. And I think why this is such a big deal is because there really is a spiritual attack on our thoughts, on the way we think. There's a spiritual attack on our thoughts. There's a war that's being waged over our thoughts. And it's being waged on two fronts. Maybe you want to jot this down on the margins of your notes if you want. But there's, there's two fronts that our thoughts are being warred on, or the, the war is being waged over. And number one is from our spiritual enemy. Our spiritual enemy, Satan and the devil, demons, they want to attack our negative thoughts. The Bible talks about that, that the spiritual realm is very real. And that we are fighting a spiritual war. And so our spiritual enemy will, would stop at nothing to fill our minds with negative thoughts so that our lives can move in the wrong direction. And number two, the second thing is our own sinful nature. On our own sinful nature, our own sinfulness is what helps us give us those negative thoughts, those wrong thoughts, which take our lives in the wrong direction. So let's talk a little bit first about our sinful nature. 
The Bible teaches us that, that we're all sinful, right? Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of who? Of God. We all fall short of the glory of God. And we all inherit a sinful nature from our fallen parents, Adam and Eve. Right? You guys remember the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? They live in sinless lives, had everything that they could ever have, everything except eat from that tree. And what did they do? They ate from the tree. And because of that, we inherit sinful nature from Adam and Eve. And this is why, if you think about it, we have to spend all our time teaching our kids to do good. You never have to teach a kid to do bad. The kids, they automatically know what's bad, right? As I think about it, when they're, when they're babies, they're learning how to talk, what's the first words that they learn? They learn no. They learn mine, right? Nobody has to teach them bad. <laughs> you have to teach them good. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't do you have, We spend all our time teaching kids what not to do, to do good. We don't ever have to teach them to do bad. And that's because we are inherently born with sin. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we begin, we begin to more and more say no to the sinful nature. And we, more, we say yes to God's pattern of living. By the way, this is why we're so passionate here at Swerve Church to see people put their faith in Jesus. That's what we're so passionate about, seeing people that are far from God to come to know Jesus Christ. Because if, if people put their faith in Jesus, then He will begin to transform them from the inside out. He begins to transform their lives, and sin will have less and less of a grip on their lives. And that's why we're so passionate here at Swerve, that we want to see people far from God come into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you guys a question. Can you imagine an, the incredible community transformation that could take place if God got a hold of people's lives and the power of His Holy Spirit began to loosen the control of sin that it has on the people in our community? Can you imagine the transformation that we would experience here, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn, if that would happen? Man, entire households would be transformed. Families would be restored. Addictions would be broken. The homeless, the abandoned, the orphan, the elderly, they would be taken care of. They would be cared for. If, if we would begin to see more people coming to know Jesus Christ, there would be extreme community transformation. So when it comes to our thoughts, I want you guys to look at how the book of Romans you know, compares our thoughts dominated by sinful nature versus the Holy Spirit. So you have it there in your notes. It's Romans chapter 8. I also have it up here for you guys to follow along. It's Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 6. Here's what it says. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, there's our word, okay? Those that are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about what? Sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? What does it lead to? Leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to peace and life. Life and peace. Now can you guys sense, when you read this passage, can you guys sense the war, the inner turmoil that's going on here? Would you guys circle the words right there in your notes? Circle the, circle the words right there in your notes, how we're being dominated by our sinful nature. Dominated and circle the word control dominated and controlled right there in verse 5. And this is really what makes all the difference. Who or what 
are you being dominated and controlled by? Who or what are you being dominated or controlled by? Is it the sinful nature that you're being dominated by? Or is it your new nature empowered by the Spirit of God? If you were to draw a diagram, I really wanted to draw this. I wish I would have had a chalkboard. But if you were to draw a diagram of, of Romans uh, chapter, of this, of this very chapter, this very verse, chapter 8, verses 5 to 6. Let me see if I have it up here. I don't have it up here. But you, you would do something like this. Your sinful nature being dominated by, and it would connect to your sinful nature. And if it's connected to your sinful nature, then your thoughts and everything that you think will be sinful things. And when you think about those sinful things because you're dominated by your sinful nature, then it leads to death. But if you're dominated by the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have thoughts that are pleasing to the Spirit of God. And then that will lead to life and to peace. And here's what's interesting. As I read this verse, having a spirit-dominated mind is what leads to life and peace. It leads to life and peace. What do people go around trying to find their whole lives? Well, they're trying to find life. What's, what's, the, what's the meaning of life? What is the purpose of living? And they're trying to find peace. But so often people go around trying to find life and peace through many different things, seeking out temporary pleasures to try to figure out, hey, what's the purpose? What's the meaning of my life? And I'm trying to find some peace. There's this inner turmoil. And here, right according to this verse, it says that the key of life and peace is found in having a life dominated by the Holy Spirit, which gives us thoughts that please the Holy Spirit, that please God, and that gives us in return life and peace. So, if our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, what are your thoughts dominated by? Think about your thoughts. That's kind of weird, right? Think about what you think about. Think about your thoughts. Think about what goes on in your head. Are they more dominated by your sinful nature? Or are they more dominated by the Holy Spirit? And as you think about those things, are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are heading into this new year. It's 2017. It's a brand new year. And if you look at your thoughts, if you examine your thoughts, would you say, yeah, man, I'm excited for where my thoughts are leading me, where they're directing me this new year? Or would you say, you know what? They're actually a little bit more dominated by my sinful nature, and I'm not too excited about that. And can I be completely honest here? I needed this message. This is why I wanted to bring it. I needed to hear this. I need to hear these words. I'm totally preaching this to myself because it's hard, isn't it? Isn't it hard? You know, isn't it difficult? And listen, I'm not just talking about positive thinking, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about positive, happy-go-lucky type of a thinking here. That's not what I'm talking about. So much more. I'm talking about the war that's being raging for your thoughts. The war that's going after your thoughts and trying to captivate and trying to capture and dominate your thoughts. I'm talking about sinful thoughts fueled by our sinful nature or thoughts of life and peace fueled by the Holy Spirit. Can you guys see why this is so much more than just feel-good thinking? It's not just look in the mirror. Today's going to be a happy day. And I'm going to be. It's, it's so much more than just trying to talk positive to yourself. There's a war going on for your thoughts. Some of it is from your sinful nature. 
your thoughts, your negative thoughts, your pessimism that's trying to battle for your thoughts. And so often for me, if I'm completely honest, my thoughts and even my words can bend more towards a negative and sinful notion. And this is why leading into this new year, we want a change of thinking. We want to change our thinking. If you guys look at your notes, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, there's a verse there that talks just about that. And here's what it says. In fact, why don't we read this verse nice and loud together? It's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's the second passage there in your notes, okay? Ready? Read. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Man, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This is what we need. A changing of the way that we think. And it's not simply something that we can do. But it's part of the restorative process of the gospel. Right? You guys know what the gospel is? The gospel is this. That we were dead in our sin and transgression. But, but God, out of His infinite love for us, sends Jesus. Right? Our sin created a chasm and a separation from God. But God, in His infinite love for us, sent Jesus to come to live a perfect life, to die the most wretched death on a cross, and to resurrect, to grant us forgiveness and newness of life. And the Bible says that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. You achieve salvation, not because of something that you do, but because of what Christ did. That's the gospel. But the implications of the gospel, they extend far greater than just where we are with God and our relationship with God. The, the gospel impacts the very way we live our lives. It changes everything. The gospel calls us to love our neighbor. The gospel calls us to pray for our enemies. It calls us to leave our sinful ways behind in a pursuit of holiness and Christ-likeness. It restores broken relationships. Guys, the gospel is so powerful and it's so much more. The gospel results in forgiveness and humility and in so, so much more. And along with all this, the gospel brings about a renewing of our what? Of our mind. This is what the gospel does. It brings about a renewing of our mind. That's what this verse is talking about. And it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let God transform you. How? Through Jesus. To transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Now look at the beginning part of that very verse in Romans 12 too. It says not to copy the behavior and the customs of this world. And it's precisely what we're talking about here. Because the rest of culture will pull us into believing and thinking the way of our sinful nature. By either, man, my life sucks. You know, life sucks and then you die. You ever heard that? You know, you've been dealt a tough hand. Life is tough. You know, you've been dealt a tough hand. You know, why, you know, why not drown your sorrows Drown, drown yourself in temporary pleasures. Or, suck it up, buttercup. You know, think happy thoughts. Think positive things. Alright, that's, that's the draw of culture. That's the draw of the world. Life sucks and then you die. Or suck it up, buttercup, and think happy thoughts. It's one of the two ways. But do you guys see how the gospel confronts both of these head on? The gospel says you're in worse off condition than you could ever imagine. You're like, really, your sin is not a little bit. It's, it's a big thing. It's a big deal. The gospel says that you're dead in your sin. That you're dead in your sin. But it also says that you are more loved than you could ever imagine. 
You are more loved than you can ever imagine. None of this purely on our own efforts, but all of it because of Jesus Christ. Do you guys see how the gospel confronts both of these head on? You are worse off than you could ever imagine, but you are more loved than you ever thought. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's this war. There's this war going on. Now earlier, I mentioned that there was a war on two fronts, right? Let's talk a little bit about the war of our, on our thoughts from our spiritual enemy. You know, he would love anything to get into your mind, to keep you from fulfilling God's purposes and experiencing God's best in your life. He would love to get you to think on sinful things and, 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 and things that lead to death. You know, death, be it physical, spiritual, or emotional. And so how do we wage war? How do we wage war? Well, you have the answer right there in your notes. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, and then we're going to read verse 5 a little later on. Here's what it says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Would you guys please underline that word, strongholds, right there in your notes? Because in a lot of ways, that's a great depiction of what our sinful enemy and sinful, sinful and enemy-inspired thoughts are. They're a stronghold. Paul uses that word stronghold. Stronghold comes from the Greek word, okuroma. I bet you didn't know you were going to learn Greek today, right? He teaches you the Greek word is okuroma. And what it means, it translates to fortress or strong defense. Fortress or strong defense. It's like, the, it's like the words of Quasimodo, right? I am ugly. I am deformed. I'm a monster. Because those are the words that he heard. Those are the words that were said. I am deformed. I am ugly. I am a monster. What did those words create? They created a strong hold, a strong defense that kept him enslaved. It kept them stuck. But in the context of this verse is that though those strongholds seem impenetrable, we have access to some weapons that have divine power to demolish them. We have access. Let's continue reading in verse 5. Read it there in your notes. It's the last verse there. Here's what it says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And here's a super important, underline this last part. This is so important. It says, this is what it says. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's how I would like for us to begin this new year. Let's take captive those sinful and enemy-inspired thoughts. Let's take them captive. Let's, let's make them obedient to Christ. You know, when I think about that word captive, I think about, you know, you ever heard that saying, you know, you know grab uh, the bull by the horns. You know, like I think those negative thoughts, those, those thoughts that are not honoring God, those sinful thoughts, those enemy-inspired thoughts, man, grab them by the horns and take them captive and make those thoughts obedient to Christ. Make those thoughts obedient to Him. What negative thoughts are dominating your thinking right now? How can you confront those things with God's truth? Let's allow the gospel to grab a hold of us in every facet of life. So today's message is called Words to Live By, right? That's the name of today's message. And I'd like for all of us to choose a word. Choose a word sometime this week. This is, this is your homework, right? Homework at church. Isn't that crazy? So this is your homework for this week. I want you guys to choose a word. Choose a word to start off the new year. 
All right, here's my word. My word for me to start off the new year is encouragement. I, I need it so much. I need encouragement. That's my word for, for 2017 is encouragement because it's so easy for me to get discouraged. Remember what I showed you guys in the beginning? I'm a total Eeyore. You know, that's me. So my word is encouragement. Because it's so easy for me to get the Eeyore flu and catch the Eeyore flu and then spread that sucker to everybody else. I want encouragement. I want encouragement. So I'm encouraged in Christ. I'm encouraged in Christ, not because of my surroundings, not because of my happenings. I'm encouraged by and through and for Jesus. And so here's your, part of your homework, okay? Think of that word for 2017. What's the word that you need? And then I want you to find the corresponding verse. Find the corresponding verse that, that, that's going to be your verse for this. Mine was this. My word was what? Do you guys remember what was my word? Encouragement. Here's my verse. Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That's what I need. I need to put my hope in Christ. I know that He's going to renew my strength. He's going to give me encouragement. He's going to help me through those, those negative thoughts, those sinful thoughts, those enemy-inspired thoughts. And that's your homework this week. Think of your word to live by. What is that word to live by? Find, find a corresponding verse or passage. Pray about it. Ask God to remove the sinful or enemy-inspired thoughts and to replace them with Christ-honoring and glorifying thoughts. Now, when you guys came in, remember I told you guys you had the connection card? Would you guys please take that out and turn it over to the back? And today, if I didn't mess it up again, it should have the right thing. The next step is this, to replace my negative thoughts with Christ-honoring thoughts. So I hope, and this is the next step that we can all take. If you, if you can take that next step, please check it off, and you can place it in the offering bucket uh, uh, there and we want to pray with you this week. Replace my negative thoughts with Christ honoring thoughts, and then then your homework is to think of that word and and the corresponding verse. Okay, because we're not going to lie. We're going to take captive every thought, and we're going to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Would you guys please join me in in this prayer? Uh, God, I I I know. Lord, I I personally can be such a total Eeyore and so negative. So pessimistic, Lord, and a lot of it, Lord, is, is due to my sinful nature, you know, and, and to our spiritual enemy that is waging war on our thoughts. So, God, I just pray, God, first and foremost, for me, would you help me, Lord, to take captive those thoughts, to make it obedient to Christ, and to know that, Lord, we are loved because of Jesus Christ. We are forgiven because of Jesus Christ. We are children of God because of Jesus Christ. So that we can have all those things and we can be all those things, God. I want to pray for every single person that's here as well. Lord, I pray that you would help them to determine their word for the new year and the verse, the corresponding verse to help guide them through this year. And I, and I just pray, God, that they would too, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, would be able to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Uh, Lord, I thank you that we can bring and start the new year right God, here in, in your house, Lord, here together with your people. And, and we pray, God, all these things in your precious name. Amen and amen.